0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Card Talk Slab Stocks Market Report. We are here for the month of August. Uh, I'm joined this month, as always, by Aaron from Slab Stocks. We're gonna have a couple guests join us. A couple of things got changed around. So we're gonna we're gonna adjust that for next month. So it'll just be me and Aaron solo this week. So Aaron, say hello to the people. Tell everyone what you're up to, where you were. We're gonna talk for like five minutes about that, and then we'll get into this month's report.
1: Definitely. What's up, everyone? Thanks for having me again. And Lou, I think it's backwards hat day here. I noticed you have one on too. Um, but I just got back from the Netherlands with my uh dad a week ago about, and it was crazy for the Formula One uh Grand Prix race out there, the Dutch Grand Prix, and Max, of course, won at home, and Lou, you think it's too predictable right now, huh? It's not even necessarily, I guess maybe the week-to-week isn't
0: as predictable, I mean it is at the top, just being honest, it is, and... Uh, maybe below that it's more mixing around and then it's just like how is Ferrari gonna ruin the, re- the week for themselves it's pretty much the biggest excitement for the week so <clears throat> I was saying on card talk that I've kind of faded a little bit and you texted me and I forgot that we even posted it <laughs> so I was ready to get yelled at by you um <clears throat> it's just tough man like it's hard I don't know like why would you want to watch the NBA if you knew the Warriors gonna win the championship every year like it's not it's just not that exciting. I don't know.
1: It's fair. I agree. From a wider viewed standpoint, definitely having two fighting every single week, uh, week to win a race is, is more exciting. Um, but I will say you better watch Monza this week because uh, Max got another grid penalty and maybe he flies through the field and wins again. But um, I will say Mercedes is looking really good recently. Last week, specifically this week, through the practices, not as much. But um, Ferrari, I think, is going to have a big showing as long as they don't mess something up. I think that it will be like a three-way fight for the win this week, so I think it's gonna be a great race. They find a way to screw it up every week, so they do, they do. But I think Ferrari fans, myself this week included, not necessarily like cheering for Ferrari, but from like a good race perspective, always have that little glimmer of hope that like I'm a Ferrari guy. (laughs) Well, there you go. I love Ferrari,
0: but I want Lewis
1: to win his first race so badly, and I'd love for it to happen at Monza. Although Lewis is also taking a grid penalty and starting from the back, so I highly doubt it's going to happen this week. Uh, But maybe George gets his first F1 win. Like that'll definitely be George.
0: that's his first F1 win? I thought he won a
1: race with Williams. No, he didn't. Never won. His clo- closest he got was P2. That's um, what I'm I mean, thinking. I'm
0: thinking of the podium. That's what I'm thinking of in my head.
1: Yeah, so he he was actually on loan, uh, or was like the loney when Lewis had COVID. And he was so close to winning. And then there was a pit stop mistake, I'm pretty sure. And he didn't right. win. Uh, that That's was the I'm race Check Checo won that one. But yeah, uh, he was close. So hopefully it's week.
0: Hopefully. What time is the race on Sunday morning?
1: <sighs> 8 a.m. Central,
0: I think. 9 uh, Eastern. Tough.
1: Nine Eastern, that's not
0: that bad. Nine Eastern's not that bad. I thought it was eight. Eight's tough. Six AM for me. Yeah, we had court on the boards this week, and court is a soldier because she gets up every week for car talk at six AM, and if she's gonna get up for races at six AM,
1: respect. wow, brutal. brutal. <laughs> All
0: right, so let's get into the let's get into the uh, market report. I don't let's have do control it. over the share screen, so Courtney's gonna have to do it for me this week. So um, she will pull it up here in a second. Thank you, Court. Much quicker than Jay. <clears throat> and um, let's get into it for the month. So. Any key takeaways you want to start with? I think like we were saying before, this one's a little bit shorter, cheap shot. (laughs) Um, This one is a little bit shorter for sure. And I think, you know, card market's very interesting right now. There's always gonna be ups and downs. I think we had the biggest sale of all time recently. Uh, So I'm I'm excited to get into it here. So what, are your key takeaways
1: from this? Yeah, report. for sure. It's a shorter one. Um, than the last couple of months, we're just re you know, introducing the, the whole idea of a monthly marker report. I think this is going to be a good quick read for anyone that want, wants to go read it. So if you haven't read at one thirty seven one 37 PM.com to read the, the monthly marker report, just type in slab stocks into the search bar or sports car market. And, uh, you'll find it. Uh, but for me, the big takeaway from this month and in a wider perspective is obviously the most expensive sale for the, any card ever. It's the Mickey Mantle, $12 million, uh, $600 for the 1952 SGC 9.5 min plus. That I think Lou, you're going to land on that just in a second here. There's the Mantle that sold for 12.6 million. Uh, there's three PSA 10s out there, but this one sold for 12.6 million and, uh, before that, Honus Wagner's, you know, SGC 2 and SGC 3 are the most expensive in the $7 million, $6 million range. And it really does go to show you got a fine copy of a rare vintage card it's going to sell for the most out there. We have not seen a modern card yet touch these heights, although there are some that will. The triple logoman from 0 04 Exquisite PSA 10 of LeBron, Kobe, um, and Jordan owned by Shine. That would definitely do numbers like this, but uh, we haven't seen it yet publicly. And um, I don't know, big deal for the market, I'd say, just from the standpoint of, it gets people reading about the market. Some people will say, ah, whatever, 12.6 million. Who is the 0.0001% that this will affect? Well, it's actually a little bit bigger than that because, you know, every single major news outlet picked this thing up. My mom just texted me the other day, dude, she's at the gas station, takes a picture of the little video screen in the gas station, and this card was on there, $12.6 Like, crazy. those are people who had no idea maybe in the last three years that sports cards did something crazy, and then they go home to their closet, you know, pull out some of their older vintage cards, and next thing you know, they're buying and selling again. You know, that's mm-hmm. the type of thing that affects it. Yeah, I think – These super
0: high priced cards are very interesting because they, these, this price fuels the next uh, PSA 8 or uh, SGC 7 that comes in. Those cards kind of comp off of themselves. But I always have a hard time using something like this as a barometer for like overall health uh, because I just don't think it's the same thing, you know? And I saw a lot of people commenting like, oh, this is great for cards, which it is, right? Like, it's awesome, positive vibes. Like, $12.6 $12.6 million is a lot of money, but I don't necessarily see how this affects something uh, outside of its own realm, meaning like vintage baseball, high grade vintage baseball. Um, so, you know, your modern Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily relate to this card in the same way. And I just yeah. want to make sure that it's always out there for people because I don't want them to see 12.6 and think, all right, cool, look, we're back. Like, let's start buying everything.
1: No, definitely don't do that. Um, it's it's there's way more to it than just that. But um, and I agree with you. I I just do think though, however, that it does alert people. It makes of people course. hear about sports cards. You never know how that goes when people hear about it. They'll jump back in if they will, whatever you know. But definitely, it's not the standpoint of oh now I can sell all my Justin Herberts for five times the money because this thing sells for twelve point six. Exactly. Good point. Good point, Lou.
0: Um, did we did we include speaking of Herbert that that one that sold for one point one? Did we have or that that's technically September?
1: Yeah, technically September, so everyone's got to wait to see in September. All right, so but... we'll
0: talk about it next month. You, you, you're never going to hear about this card that's sold for 1.1 $1. $1 million dollars until next month's market report.
1: <laughs> well, I just have to say though, it's a big deal. You know, a modern card of a prospect-ish never won a playoff game or made it to the playoffs. for 1.1 $1. $1 million, that's a huge deal. So he, is, it's really funny you
0: when you put it like that. He is kind of a prospect. Like he hasn't done anything yet. They haven't no, done he's anything.
1: Put up, he's put up good stats, and plenty of prospects have put up good stats. You know? Yeah. So we'll see. That's funny. We'll definitely see, but, uh, scrolling down a little bit here, you know, obviously when you read the port, you can see all the different numbers and how the different categories change like pre-war vintage, vintage, modern, ultra modern. Of course, with this Mickey Mantle, it did do some things to the pre-war and vintage markets. If you scroll down a little bit, you can see it. There's some green positive shift there. Um, over the last month. What do you say?
0: We love to see it. We love the green.
1: We do love the green. Now, maybe that modern ultra modern over the next six months will start to trend green. We don't know, but, um, it clearly, you know, there has been a lot of talk around vintage. And I will say this. Um, Lou, I know you remember this time very fondly. The whole Logan Paul Pokemon thing, the big box that broke, all that different stuff kind of boiled up to a point where it was like, this has gotta be the most talked about period for Pokemon cards. And then after that point, you kind of started to see press or prices just suppress along the way. Um, that's mm-hmm. just how it works, you know. Everything- I like where you're going here. Yeah, I it like kind of rises up to that point of like the peak attention. Well, what's peak attention here? It's obviously, in my opinion, right now, the most expensive sports card ever sold, the Mickey Mantle. We saw it for the last three market reports we've done, or at least two. We've talked about how these vintage cards have been going up in price. Luke pointed out last week, like, hey, if you're buying this thing at a 40% rise in the last six months, you shouldn't plan selling in the next year. And that's kind of like what we're seeing here. I think over the next six months, once again, I just want to point out, we'll see these vintage and pre-war indexes by card car ladder here start to trend in the opposite direction because it's mickey mantle seems like the peak attention point to me
0: yeah and it's also like regression to the mean right like that
1: it's really hard for to put
0: this into the right words because there's a million different ways to look at it and like of course we're biased and we want these cards to sell for more money just because that kind of in to be honest like validates our own hypothesis about cars in general and all that stuff right so it's a little bit difficult when you see the reds and you see why well, I said, I saw the green. I was like, you love to see it because it is good. It's, it's a positive thing, but the regression to the mean is something that is inevitable when it comes to things like pre-war and vintage, because pre-war and vintage became twenty twenties ultra modern where everything you bought was making money. And and it became people in cards who had a little bit of extra cash. Cause there is a higher entry point for this stuff, right? It's five, seven, 10, 25, $35,000. Like, Those people who were buying the modern cards at that price switched. It seemed like switched over to the vintage and there's been a little bit of a flip cycle going on with that. And like you're saying, peak attention and also just like saturation. Eventually, these things have to come back down.
1: So it'll be interesting to see. Well, you know what happens is once you start to see cards hit record highs or at least gaining value, more sellers come out When more sellers come out, more supply in the market. More people are satisfied by the supply, less demand, less prices. I mean, it's just what happens. The Hank Aaron right above that. So for the most expensive Hank Aaron card of all time. Now, don't get me wrong. A fantastic PSA 9 example here. That thing looks beautiful. And it's so got the sticker thing grand. on it too. Yeah, it's got the silver sticker on it. But $720,000, 36% increase. And that's in the last like year. Like, that's a lot. 36% that's increase on a $700,000 item. That's a huge r- gain in value. Yeah. Can it go higher? Maybe. You know, It's a pop. uh I can't remember. It's pop five somewhere around there. Yeah. I was gonna um, say like
0: In the single digits probably,
1: or yeah, just five, about. five to 20, somewhere in that range. Um, Either way, like crazy card, crazy nice looking copy. And yes, it's sold for an all time high. We'll see where it goes from here. It's basically what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. And I think I might've said it on here before, or I've said it elsewhere. And I, and I want to stop saying, I feel like I say it too much, but a collector once told me a, a vintage old school collector once told me that uh, when you see like at least two or three of the same card pop up in like a two or three month window, it means the holders of that card have decided that it's too expensive and they're willing to let it go. Definitely. So that's just something you need to keep in mind when you're looking at cards and you're seeing even recent comps where you see one or two sales in the last couple months. And there's a substantial increase on the lap from the second to the first, you should expect another substantial increase from the third to the second. And then there's also the conversation of how many buyers of this card are there really right now.
1: I agree with you, Lou. Um, and just cause I do want to get my numbers or right, I don't want to. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hank Aaron, uh, it's a 25 pop. 25 for the PSA 9, there's two PSA 10s, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean, the PSA 10s would definitely be multi million dollar cards at this point, obviously. Think of
0: PSA 10 Hank would challenge this card, no?
1: I think it's getting close, I really do think it's getting close. I mean, there's three, actually, PSA
0: 10- it would definitely beat it in my mind. I think it's not exactly apples to apples because it's SGC 9 5 versus PSA 10, but I would think a hank psa 10 beats this
1: so you you gotta expect a hank psa 10 or sorry not hank a mantle psa 10 one of the three that sell is gonna push up to around 20 million Mm -hmm. so i could see the hank going for half of that at least and then you never know you get the bidding war going and it could go above this you know yeah so that's how i feel i I love hank Aaron being from milwaukee obviously so i would rather have that card um but that's just me
0: it's a great card it's so like (laughs) classic old school i love it
1: it is, it is. And then if you uh, scroll down a little bit here um, and then hit that CL50 chart right there. So CL50, the card 50, it's not the be-all, end-all. We've kind of explained this in the past. Indexes, you got to take with a grain of salt sometimes just because of the cards that are are involved in it, the cards that gain value. If something rises massively in a small amount of time, it can swing the index a lot. Well, I want to point out is that last month, you know, some of like the different stock market indexes were trending green and now they're trending red in August. But for the Car 50, we did point out last month that you know the card indexes and card sales it takes a little bit longer for those to get logged you know there's a physical process to this i gotta list it i gotta sell it if i use a vault service i put it up for auction this type of thing that doesn't happen with instant liquidity via stocks to where like it will take a month longer to reflect a gain in the market like right here we see the cl50 was up 16.4 percent in uh, august but also take a month longer to you know reflect the loss so i think that as this stuff you know changes just keep in mind that there is a little bit of a lag period in cards because it's a physical asset, the the nature of trading, all that stuff. Um, when I say trade, I mean like selling um, and buying and all that all that good stuff. So just something to keep in mind. But yes, it was a green month uh, for the CL50. And uh, speaking of the CL50, there are a couple of cards we pulled out from the Cardlight 50 Index, one being the Albert Pujols PSA 10 2001 Tops Chrome Traded that sold uh, for $2,600 at the time of this report. And it was a 40% increase um, in price versus the previous month. That's a large increase. Now, Albert Pools, What's the pop on that card? That is a great, great question. Let me check. I'm going to check. But, keep talking. I'm going to keep talking right.
0: about these. I'm looking it up.
1: As for Albert Pools, I mean, he had a great month and some change since the home run derby. Dude really got energized, wants to get that 700 home runs. The Cardinals are giving them the at-bats. He's mashing lefties. All that stuff is going on. And people are finally, I'd say – coming around to the idea of his cards being more valuable. Now, a 40% rise in a month in this market, not that's no joke. What do you say?
0: Not sustainable.
1: It's not sustainable. You're right. So, like, I wouldn't buy this thing expecting it to go up another 40%. Definitely not. But what I'm trying to say here is, like, that takes a lot. That takes a lot of recognition, a lot of excitement around him, and uh, an increase in price. And, and I think that, you know, a lot for a while, I'd say at least like a five-year period when he is struggling on the Angels. I don't know if he played five years for the Angels, but at least somewhere in that realm. Um, people would say, yo, Albert Poole was like, why are these cards not more valuable? Like, Trout can only dream of getting his career numbers type of thing, which has honestly kind of played out to this point after Trout's injuries. And uh, I think you're finally starting to see that respect come to this card here because of that uh, fact that he he has an amazing career, and now he's doing it towards the end of it. People are getting completely jazzed up because of him. I would not be surprised if Price's fall, you know, in the next three months, even if he does get to 700. I mean, if he gets to 700, honestly, I don't know what will happen. I don't want to predict that. But just know that, you know, anytime these cards go up that fast in price within a month, drops can happen. Interesting. There's
0: 395 PSA
1: tents. You thought a there'd lot. be less?
0: At a $2,600 price tag? Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it is, there is quite a lot for a card from 2001 that's a Topps Chrome card. A lot of them are pretty off-centered, damaged foil on the front type of deal. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's that's not like too much, though, you know, for this card, to, I guess, be that valuable based on his career if you think about it. I mean, Trout update PSA 10 there's like 5000 and they were definitely doing around 2 to 3k not too long ago. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So, no, I mean it's it's a I'm saying it's a good thing. I'm surprised by how high the pop is for how much the card's selling for. And then I also looked at recent sales. Like it's 26, 3000, 24, 27, 29, 25. Like it, there's a it's a lot of action on the card, so that's great. I love that.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's definitely a lot of volume going. But yeah, good to see And Lou, maybe talking on a perspective here versus like this is not a prospect card. Obviously, people are spending thousands; they were, and they probably still are on Jason Dominguez. Uh, What do you see from a perspective of like where money is right now, or maybe where it'll shift as more people start to watch things like this happen with some of the you know established players?
0: Mm -hmm. So I have this opinion in general about (laughs) it's really about like how money moves in general, but in relation to cards, like. I think sports cards move with the herd. And um, for a long time, prospects was the way to go. People felt that prospects was like, oh, you have the upside of this person. What what started happening immediately was it started getting priced in. And then once it's priced in, there was this time period where it was super priced in, but there was also all this still room for immense growth with these young guys. That has now stopped, especially when it comes to base cards, even like a top-traded, chrome right Um, that has now stopped in a world where the the financial world has gotten interesting people don't know where to put their money they are going to the safest version of an asset inside of sports cars, which would be an Albert Poulos a Willie Mays a LeBron James Um, and it's I'm not really sure exactly how I feel about it. Like how long is someone going to hold an Albert Pujols top straight? I kind of go back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think in a world where you're looking for something safer, I'd much rather be an owner of an Albert Pujols than a uh, Nolan Arenado.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you for sure. Although Arenado, maybe get an MVP this year, but he won't because Paul Goldschmidt's been a real, but he will finish in the top three for that now. Um, but I feel what you're saying. I mean, you're right. Money money moves in different ways based on how much p- money people have to spend. Honestly, and people when they have more money to spend, they're will- more willing to not only buy prospects but also break cards. You know, try to pull the big, the big kahuna. I guess you could say or the b- the big whale. And uh, yeah, you know, you're kind of seeing this shift here uh, during this time. It, who knows where it'll go in the next couple months? Or yeah, couple, it's just maybe a couple of years.
0: It's just interesting because it's very obvious as from myself as someone who even is a little bit stepped away as opposed to you not stepped away, but a little bit further away from the day to day, like conversation than you are. Um, it just seems like that's where all the conversation is, right? It's like, oh, get the goats, get like the the veterans, the safe veterans. So that it's reflected in this month's report. So something to monitor, I think something maybe we should do is like, what is the prevailing sentiment right now as we're recording the episode? And then does that carry over to the following month? And how do the sales reflect in that? You know what I mean? That could be something mm-hmm. interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. And I also think it'd be interesting to see like, at what point does it reverse? Like, is it six months from now? Is it eight months from now? Like, how long mm-hmm. do the cycles take? I think that's a mm-hmm. great, you know, research question and theory to think about that we can definitely, um, you know, maybe not build a whole segment around, but even like a couple seconds sentence thing, just like from this month's report, this is the big idea. Will it carry over to the next month? Will it carry over to the next month? You know, that's yes, thing.
0: and also like what are we hearing? Like what's happening in the world of cars that we know about, and how does that get reflected month
1: over month? Is something to look out for. Definitely, I would not discount the whole prospect thing. Obviously, as we brought up with the Herbert one point one million that we will definitely be reporting on this in the next month's report, but. Ending this weekend is the uh, Herbert NT Logo Shield RPA one of one on Golden. And it's already at 1.35 million or 1.32 million. So that's already broken the 1.1 Black Finite record. All that stuff. I mean, that's it's it, people are still showing up money for prospects because they know what it can lead to.
0: The Black Finite record that sold like three days ago?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny when we call it like an all
0: time record and it was like, <laughs>
1: well, it is the most expensive <laughs> Herbert card ever, but it will be broken now in three days. You yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. Um, which is which is crazy. So, uh, we can keep going here, and uh, you know, with as it pertains to the to the sports, um, you know, baseball, it, it really all depends on on how much specific players are holding up indexes. Baseball, you have the whole Albert Pujols, Julio Rodriguez, that type of stuff, really helping out baseball. Man, on the flip side, Tatis is really hurting it. Um, but when it comes to hockey, it's like there's really no reason why someone would go and spend more money on a specific player because of performance right now. So they don't have that counterbalance, um, like an in-season type of deal. So it is down seven and a half percent over last month with the off-season and probably with a big card to sell. Which keep in mind, you know, a couple of big sales can kind of swing these things pretty fast. Um, so always, you know, do your research and make sure that you're kind of understanding how the overall market's moving. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see what what happens here with football specifically, in my opinion. Which maybe this is our time to talk a little bit about football because I know you're a huge football fan. I yes. watched that game last night. Um, But how does Hawkins be on the quarterback standpoint going to the season? Yes. First games last night. What do you see over the next six weeks in the football market?
0: I see Josh Allen going parabolic on a price stamp from a price standpoint. He is and I hate him. I hate him with every ounce of my being. I can't believe that I had to go through like, to be like, let's really you're different because you actually have it. I'm against it. So like I was born into Tom Brady, not born, but like my Jets fandom was born into Tom Brady. I had 20 years of Tom Brady, and then I immediately walked into Josh Allen. You, on the other hand, had 20 years of Brett Favre and then walked into Aaron Rodgers. And now you're kind of staring down the barrel of like, oh, wait, maybe there's nothing here at the other end. So we'll see what happens with that. But I cannot believe that he is so good and so exciting and so cool. As much as that hurts me to say, because that's really the biggest piece of the puzzle when it comes to not the biggest piece, but it's one of the biggest pieces that comes of the puzzle when it comes to cards. So I see Josh Allen being insane and I see Herbert being insane. Those two I think will carry the carry
1: the day for the rest of the season. Now, what about like your hurts, your Tua, your Mac Jones, your Zach Wilson? You know, those type of guys.
0: So I think uh, the chickens are going to come home to roost on those guys. And people have been spending the last four months hyping up Zach, hyping up Trey Lance, hyping up Tua, Jalen Hurts too. But the three guys that I mentioned are probably the lowest on the totem pole out of all of those. I think that's safe to say. Um, so we're going to get the answers pretty quick. Like Trey Lance might be on the bench in three weeks. That's legitimately true.
1: Yeah, when they re signed Jimmy, I mean, that's a little worrisome.
0: for. And they didn't make him a captain, Aaron. They didn't what? He's not even a captain on the team. Quarterbacks Ooh. the captain on like every. Jack Wilson's the captain of the Jets.
1: Trey's not a captain.
0: Nope. Is
1: Jimmy a captain? <laughs> nope. Uh, we'll see, man.
0: So yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know,
1: it will be interesting, definitely. And the one thing that. I
0: also wanted to do a quick sidebar on hockey. I know you mentioned there's not, like not a really t- good time to buy one of oh, our. I'm not saying it's not a
1: good time to buy. I'm saying it's just not. There's nothing that's going to take that thing up into the Sorry. green right now.
0: Yes, you're right. I apologize. I use the wrong word. But the reason I brought it up was you and I were texting. We were at, I was at a show a couple of weeks ago trying to buy some Rangers cards, and I had a guy who just wouldn't get off a price. And if he's listening right now, shout out to you. It's a good negotiation. I couldn't win, and I was sad. But um, I'm interested in hockey. I think there's a lot to be had there. Last year was a really interesting year, interesting season for growth and just in general interest in the sport. And I think they're going to be looking to build on that a lot this year. So something to watch out for, for sure.
1: I, uh, I'm definitely a fan of hockey. I think a lot of people know that I've got a pretty large Keandre Miller collection, shout Rangers. Um, and then I also have some nice Kirill Kaprizov cards. So, uh, I'm very excited for this season to see what happens. Um, I don't want to speak too much on how it's valued versus different markets, just because I do have the Keandre collection and some other nice hockey cards, but I'm, I'm a fan. That's all I'm going to say. If you, if you like hockey, you probably like the cards. Um, but make sure you watch the sport and enjoy the sport to, to get in on the cards, I'd say. And that's how it should go with everything.
0: That's definitely how it should go. And that was actually something I wanted to mention up here. I don't, know, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But like all of these things is just like if you are not educated, stop messing around. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to – it. there's just so many negatives to just diving in without having full knowledge. Like make sure you're into hockey if you're going to start buying Keandra
1: yeah, or whatever. Like for people that follow me and maybe don't listen to all of the podcasts or read all the posts or whatever it is, you might say, oh, this guy just likes this stuff because it's hyped up or this or that. It's like, I literally watch like all three days of Formula One for the last two years now. I've watched every single Chelsea match for the last like two years now. I watch all these other matches too. It's like, I physically watch the stuff that I enjoy, that I collect, that I buy and sell um it's not just a, oh i think that there's might be some money there. there's nothing that you know well i mean obviously with there being money there it's kind of fun to buy and sell and build your collection um otherwise it's hard to really gain movement mm-hmm. but um it's because i enjoy it i enjoy hockey too um, i do from a hockey standpoint like watching the playoffs mostly because it's more exciting i don't really have like a team right now i mean i got keandre i don't really have like a team there's almost got you know, like the wild team. or something well so i lived in minnesota for 10 years and i watched a lot of their playoff games but like it's never really got that invested in the wild like not for even from a card standpoint like a personal fandom standpoint so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of on the search. But I'm hoping that Milwaukee gets a team so I don't have to decommit from somewhere. <laughs> and then and Is that then, happening? Uh, Is that like an option? I it used to be a, a dis- discussion point, but uh, they're actually playing the first game in Milwaukee for like a, over a decade. I think uh, the Blackhawks in the wild are playing here in October. I really want to go to play hmm. the Pfizer. That's
0: usually that's usually something they do when they want to put a, a town, a team in the
1: town. They're going to get people and they're going to see how if they fill up the Pfizer. If they fill up the Pfizer, they're going to get a team here, man. That's it it's for the Bucks play. So All we'll right. see
0: over to soccer. My new favorite sport. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yep. Soccer is a big part of this, uh, article or for those overseas, it's football. Um, and it's a big part of the report for a specific reason is that the world cup is coming in November. Uh, I want to shout out really quick. I know a huge listener of card talk, big listener of Slab stocks and a friend of ours, Andrew St. Croix cards. He loves card talk. So I got to give him a shout out here. <laughs> we. Enter- <laughs> We interviewed uh, him for this specific take three. You know, where does the World Cup soccer card market go from here? I'm very knowledgeable soccer individual from a fan perspective and from a card perspective. And he gave us some good insights in this article um, talking about the buildup over the last few years in the soccer card market. As you can see on this graph right here, this is the soccer card market over the last three years. It's not the seal 50. It's the soccer card market. And it uh, increased uh, quite a bit. One thousand one hundred forty one percent rate of growth. Uh, 2019 fall of 2019 was when Tyler I actually shot Tyler was, you know, talking about soccer. He's like, hey, Aaron, you should start watching soccer. I'm like, you know, I've never really watched in the past, but okay. <laughs> start watching it. Really enjoy it. Start collecting the cards. Um, and then it's went through a, a very, very big growth period since then. From my perspective was this is one of the biggest worldwide, not only sports, but religions. there is, that's what it comes down to and people, um, overseas, you know, really didn't on a wider scale, buy and sell, uh, soccer cards and i did have soccer stickers but even to that point standpoint it wasn't really like this big i would say like publicly traded thing it's mostly like you know you buy an stickers. asset yeah yeah you get your stickers you get your album you stick in the album this and that you know and and now um it's a completely different ball game like this has explored to big proportions and yes there has been some drops over the last year from you know i would say like most markets will look like this or you're know, not necessarily maybe this big a growth but that kind of like rise and then drop over the last year. And um, it excites me. It excites me for sure. The World Cup has always been a time that I think a lot of people who maybe don't watch soccer or don't know a lot about soccer look at that and say, that's the time I'm going to sell as a World Cup 2022. When in reality, as this report points out, it's like, hey, man, you might be a little bit too late. It's like, you know, you kind of got a time your buying and selling around. Um, when do people look at adding to their collection to then prepare for the World Cup? How many people are going to be like buying like a couple weeks before when most people might be selling at this point because they told themselves that this is when they want to sell. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of supply hit the market in the next like three to four months. I don't know how you feel about this, Lou, but like I really think like so World Cup starts early November, like end of October into like the middle of December. You're going to see a lot of soccer cards come up for sale. A lot of people peg this date as when they're going to sell these cards that they bought like over the last two years or three years or a year whatever it is, but in reality with the market and how the world economy has changed um, since all this happened, it's kind of like, hasn't really lent itself to be the time to sell in a money-making aspect to where I could see people who bought these cards because for purely financial purpose are going to say, well, I don't even really care about soccer. They really care about the world cup. I just know I was going to sell them now. So I'll sell them now, anyways. What do you think?
0: I agree with you. I think you're, you're a hundred percent right. This has been the, 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 three-month period that's been pegged on everyone's calendar who's ever purchased a soccer card. They've been saying, hey, the 2022 World Cup is when this stuff is going to pop off. And they're right. They were right in that it was... Soccer is a much more popular sport today than it was three years ago. And they pointed to this time as a very important time. And it's actually going to work out. I think that it's going to not even in the way that they, that the people thought, but because it's attached to the fall and the fall is such a big time for sports on television and, and the NFL and college football and the NBA comes back and the NHL. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going going on. And I think there's gonna be a lot of eyes on the sport. So that part was correct. The part that's tough is you can't predict it at the time, but the supply coming into the market is going to be insane, especially in the high-end places. I think there's going to be an immense amount of high-end Killian Mbappe, uh, Messi, Ronaldo. There's going to be a ton of high-end stuff coming out. So it's going to be really interesting. And you're saying, I know what you're saying, where like it might not be the best time to sell given the place in the world right now. But if you bought a card in 2020, as you can see on this chart, like you're in really good shape right now, no matter how much it sells for, um, especially in the high-end sense. So I don't know how much more it'll dip from here. That's impossible to really predict. But... Um, it is going to be interesting to see the game of musical chairs that gets played uh, on these high-end cards. There's going to end up being a couple of these high-end cards that sell for way, way, way less than they should, purely from a, there's just going to be too much saturation point. Um, So I am interested to watch that all play out. I also think um when you're talking about 2026 i know we'll get there actually i'll let you get there and then i'll share my
1: perspective. i guess what i was just gonna say and Lou kind of alluded to it is that yeah like right now this is a very short period in time if you consider short-term and long-term buying and selling whatever and yes people peg this on their calendar but they no matter what happens right now there's still so much to be excited about with the 2026 world cup in the future four years down the line i don't want to be like oh you missed the boat like 2026 is coming because i know it's a while away but world cup is literally coming to north america and I do expect that there will be a lot of growth in the sports. I don't want to sit here. I can't make guarantees that this Cardi bought is going to make money or this card's going to up in value or down value, whatever it is. All I know is that from a sport perspective, a fandom perspective, we've seen a lot over the last four years grow in soccer. We will see a lot more growth in soccer over the next four years as well. I agree. Anything to add to that? I thought you were going to add to that or no.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think – there will be growth. The part that's tough is predicting what to buy. Oh, yeah. And how it plays out. So in 2019, not that it was easy to buy messy cards, because, like, obviously, if it was that easy, everyone would have been doing it. But yeah. they were on the floor, right? Like, now they're a lot higher up than they are now. So it's yeah, hard th- to make a prediction on how much higher can they get in four years. Of course, there's more awareness and all that stuff is a factor of it. But I don't know how many cards are really going to be million-dollar cards or six-figure cards, right? So it's tough. It's very tough to predict when in, a, in a world where it's already super hot right now.
1: I'll, I'll say this is that it definitely takes – more research, more understanding, and better calls now than it did three years ago. There's no question about that. Like, Lou is spot on there. So, with that, we can uh, take a little scroll down and ask small shout-out, you know, for the soccer fans out there. we were a couple soccer cards that did do well in the Shout last out. month. Um, specifically, kabooms of both Marcus Rashford and Erling Holland. Both of them have been contributing to our team's success early season. Manchester United for Rashford. Manchester City for Holland. Holland had 10 goals in six matches. Um, The quickest ever to get to 10 goals in a Premier League season, which is insane. And Marcus Rashford, who was down bad last year, um, did not do that well from a sport perspective. Definitely not a cards perspective uh, on a come up right now. a comeback, as uh, I like to say, in uh, 315 last sale at the time of support for the PSN. Kaboom, that's a double up uh, over the last month for good reason. He had like three goals and two assists. Um in the month and a uh, very impressive start to the season for him and definitely helped Manchester United win four straight Premier League matches as well, even if they did just win- lose in Europa League last night at home. Uh but yeah, that's what we got for soccer here and uh looking forward to seeing uh what happens over the next few months. Uh you know, I do I do expect there to be a lot of people watching and some more buyers in the market, but it's just will it outweigh the selling? That's really what the question is. So we'll see. I agree. Who's the hot guy to buy for Leeds? For Leeds? <laughs> Um, We're well, in a good spot of year, Leeds fan, because uh, at least from an American standpoint, because, you know, you have Tyler Adams there and you also have Brendan Aronson there, two players that are most likely both going to be starting and playing a lot of minutes for the U.S. men's national team. Um, I really think that both will start. but We never really know with uh, Berhalter and Aaronson uh, made a big difference at the beginning of the year for Leeds. Honestly, the last few weeks, ever since Lou announced his fandom, they've been pretty poor. Um <laughs> They beat Chelsea and uh Lewin out there and uh, announced his fandom. And now ever since, I'm pretty sure they either haven't won a match or they've uh, lost all of them or drew some of them, whatever it might be.
0: But, we are uh, winless since I've become a fan.
1: There you go. Haven't won a match since we became a fan. Uh, but Brendan Aronson is uh definitely uh, an American target, and he does not have any like very structured, like, oh, I know what his tops Chrome rookie is. He didn't really have a whole rookie logo deal going on because – just about his where he was, the transfers, the debuts. He does have a couple like first cards. I think that you could probably target. Like his Bowman MLS is gonna be the Bowman On Demand MLS, which is like in terms of cards pretty boring in my opinion. It's not the top scrum Champions League rookie that a lot of other guys have. But he made the move from MLS um, over to Salzburg and then over to Leeds now. Um, he's quite the player. He's exciting to watch. Yeah, All right. kind
0: of, isn't that crazy that I became a fan of a team and they just immediately went in the tank?
1: That's like yeah. the story of my life. Anyway, let's keep it going. That's, that's a tough scene for sure. I mean, it only yeah. makes sense for Lou, though. Uh, take four. This is more of Lou's environment here. We got some Fernando Tatis Jr. action. Uh, of course, the most important baseball storyline of August, along with our pools is doing really well, is Tatis's PED bust and therefore suspension, and therefore massive market drop in a 20-day span from when the suspension was announced to the end of August A 36% drop for his 150 card index in card ladder there. That's a big deal. If you scroll down a little bit further, you get to see the individual cards. We've got like 50 to 70% drops across the board for very important cards. Those are important cards. We have a budget card there with the Tatis Action Rookie PSA 9 from Heritage. Drop 75% all the way to the Bowman Chrome Blue Auto down at 55.20. As of this report, that's like a 50% drop from 10K to 5K in the span of a month. Lou, give me your take on this. I think I have the opposite take as a lot of
0: people in general in regards to Tatis. I can't figure out why everyone's so upset. <laughs> what is so different between him and someone else who gets suspended? I feel like guys get suspended all the time, and it's not a big deal. For some reason, when Tatis got in trouble, the GM went went after him. The team went after him. He had to go apologize to the team. I
1: don't understand. Lou, bro, the guy signed a 13-year contract, breaks his wrist so, on a motorcycle, so. and then gets... <laughs> That happens. They committed basically their entire future to this guy, and he's going around acting like a moron. But everybody does that. That happens
0: all the time. I don't understand why it was such a big deal. Like, I get it, of course. Right? Like, they think he's irresponsible, which he is. They think he's dumb because he took steroids. Everyone takes steroids, so I don't care about that. He just happened Nate, to get caught.
1: Nate, so, Nate would say the same thing as you just said. So, What, about the steroid thing? Yeah, like everyone takes him. He just got caught. That's 100% a fact. Suppose supposedly it takes like multiple times of being a moron yes. for you to actually bust it.
0: Yes, you have to fail a test multiple times before it is made public that you failed a test and you were suspended.
1: <sighs> Brutality. That's a that it, this starts happening more and more. Though. That's a really bad look for baseball.
0: It is, of course. So of uh, uh, that was my like honest fan human take. I don't totally get it and I also want to say I think that's led to the reaction you see on the prices people have just completely cut bait on this guy like he's nothing and i get it he will be back in april and everyone will be excited again so um for now i totally understand why people are dumping it i personally will consider these cards good values heading into next season
1: That's uh just lou just a little bit of uh, some market insight i don't think it might be in this article um but we did a little bit of research into this uh like a you know, case case history example uh, from hmm. the past of someone getting busted for PEDs. And we wrote about in the Daily Slab. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, back when he got busted for PEDs, you know, a few years left in his playing career, which is different than Tatis, who's just starting yep. his career. Preacher sure Arod's market in the coming month dropped like 50 percent. Very simple. Mm-hmm. It took two. I believe it took two years all the way until 2016. I believe it was busted in 2014. Took until 2016 for all the losses to be recovered. Now mm. it could be a different example here with the T's, right? Young player, maybe he comes back, pops off. Maybe you see that two years be a year. Maybe you see better the next season, recover the losses. Possible. We won't know for sure, but all I'm saying is that it's happened before, gain or losses were recovered. And uh, not saying A Rod's image is completely fixed because it really isn't. Uh, in span, <laughs> I think it's the thought of a lot of baseball fans, but um, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, you know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not impossible and it's all driven by it'll be driven by what happens in the next 3 years, right? Like that's how we'll not driven by but the next 3 years will his performance in the next 3 years will have be a pretty big factor in how this stuff goes from a from a dollars and cents perspective. I think he's in a really good position with Soto now and I think a lot of people were upset about that. So it's a wait and see for sure. He's definitely not um the most responsible kid in the world so far. So hopefully he'll have a chance to make up for that heading into next year.
1: Definitely. All right. We're good there. Uh, if anyone has any thoughts on, on Tatis, let us know in the comments on yes. what you think of if his market's going to bounce back. If it's not, I would love to hear your take. Uh, I want to point out two things here really quick for who's hot, who's not. This will probably wrap up our episode. Uh, Max Verstappen, as we talked about earlier, going to go back to back titles is here. Uh, regardless of you think they won one or not last year, um, he's going to win back to back by the record books. And the super Fractor auto PSA nine with the nine autos sold for $534,000 by golden in August. That's the most expensive uh, super superfractor auto from Fat formula one that sold, which is kind of obvious. Uh, Lewis super auto would have to sell for it to beat that. And then, uh, that is the most expensive max or seven card. And I just want to point out that first of all, it's a great time to sell forever. Sold. It, I think right during his, his really good race winning one uh, yes. w- race winning streak. And then also it's clearly helped out the rest of his cards along with his performance too. Mm -hmm. And then really quick to the not, I just want to point out that 2021 prism stuff is getting graded. It's starting to get sold and uh, some different things always come into graphs. So when you're reading graphs, I just want to point out that doing extra research is always important, regardless if you're, you know, reading car ladder, just looking at different sales data points out there. But, uh, on this chart, you would never know unless you looked at all the different cards that sold, but the jersey number, uh, number two out of 15, or sorry, number two out of 125 sold on this graph. I mean, it was one of the, uh, it was like the $3,500 point. Um, it's good to understand that because, you know, you might look at that and, yes, this card has dropped a lot since the very first sale. But you look at that sale and you'll know, say, "Wow, this thing is taint, which it has, but in reality, there's a difference in price between jersey number serial on a Prism card and not jersey number serial number. Now, people might disagree or agree with it, whatever, but just trying to point out here is always good to do extra research and also it's not good to buy the first graded copy that hits the market of a card that's not like out of 5 or or out of 25. I think I that's mean, maybe the worst thing you could do. What we should make a list of like
0: the worst commonly made mistakes and I think buying the first graded copy is very high on the list.
1: It it might be up there towards number 1 honestly.
0: It's Im- it's almost impossible like you normally lose every time.
1: <laughs> yeah. 100 percent and and this card basically sold for around 2000 um as its first uh was it was sold and it dropped you know around 1500 mm-hmm. um somewhere around there so pretty interesting stuff mm-hmm. and then just the rest of the the report if you all want to hop on 137 p.m to read it you know it covers different card shows there's a lot of card shows happening in september a ton as you can see on this list so if you're in any of these cities you're able to get out to them shout out kind wisconsin there's a show on september 17th shout out um, shout out be sure to be sure to maybe check out our show always oh, a great time to go to those, meet people i um, one of the best ways to connect to people in sports cards it actually probably is the best way to connect to people in sports cards and then uh, also important releases in the market um which funny enough there is actually a 20 we don't have to spend a lot of time on this Lou, but i don't know if you've heard about this in the same exact year i've never seen this really done before a flagship set is releasing for two different seasons so 2021 tops formula one the first time they made a paper flagship set released earlier this year it says here, September 14th, 2022 tops formula one paper because of how the releases got pushed back. They're trying to get back in schedule with the actual season that's happening. A 2022 tops formula one release. The first of 2022 releases for F1. It's coming out here soon. Just mm-hmm. interesting. That'll,
0: that'll be big. Part of me wishes they would just skip it, but I know they're not <laughs> going to do that. So right. I get it. Um, but National Treasures Road
1: to the World Cup is going to be a big product. Huh? Oh, that's a massive product because they haven't released a standalone NT soccer set since 2018. Kylian Mbappe's first National Treasures card, Pulisic's first NT card. Um, actually, it's the only standalone National Treasures set that they ever made for soccer it was 2018. And then they also put some National Treasures cards into like Chronicles. Chronicles right? or they're just not doing it for me. Sticker autographs, random looking patches here. This will be a huge set. Like we pointed out, the first Mbappe Panini autographs will be in the set. And also Prism, uh, whenever that comes out for, for soccer World Cup. But then September 30th, which I believe might have gotten pushed forward um, to September 17th around there, 2022 tops chrome baseball, huge release because not only does this include season or series one rookies, but also series two. So you're your Wander tops chrome rookies and autos, Julio Rodriguez, Spencer Torkelson, um, who's like Bobby Wood Jr., and then there's also a couple other guys who I know Nate would rail off the top of his head, but for 20, oh, bunch you guys league. no one's heard of but Nate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, Adley Rushman's going to be 2023. It's kind of Jordan Alvarez situation there. Yes. Put his rookies into the next year product. What about Either Hunter Brown? He'll be, He'll be in there set. next year,
0: huh? what do you say? Hunter Brown will be in there next year. I don't even know who that is. He's a beast. He's a beast. Is he an Astro? Yes, he's a pitcher. He's really, really good. Obviously, an Astro. Obviously. <laughs> Um, I did want to point out one quick thing we don't have on here. Obviously, you would never know to put this on here. September, actually, Courtney, we need to make a note because I'm not sure if we've officially announced the date or not or how we're doing it. But uh, we're gonna put a marker right here. If I say something bad, we're gonna cancel it out and we're not gonna put it in. But we'll be doing a trade night at Ryan's store, um, September 30th in Columbus, Ohio. Myself, Tyler, Ryan, Jason's gonna be there. Um, and we're going to make it happen out there. So if you're in the Columbus area, please come to that. And end of marker, we might have to beep all that out. I want a long beep. If we can't have any of that, just a continuous beep for that 10 seconds would be great.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, thank you everyone so much for coming to this uh, month's market report here on the Card Talk podcast, joined by Slab Stocks. I hope you all enjoyed this month's market uh, report and everything. Lou, uh, any last thoughts?
0: no i mean as always like please come in the comments let us know if we're missing something if you have thoughts on anything please let us know and then i also making a mental note for next month i want to do something at the end of this of like what have we been hearing in the last few days and then i want to carry that over to the following month
1: i like it also if there's any suggestions to you know we're very open to suggestions what do you want to see in the actual write-up or maybe it's hey the write-up is great but you're not covering something in the video whatever it is please let us know yep
0: that's all see you next time everybody peace and love